welcome to episode six now of the Shiny Cats Mental Health Chats podcast. This week we are going to be looking at borderline personality disorder, BPD, not to be confused with the other BPD, which is bipolar depression. Um, so yeah, uh, just as a disclaimer before we start, I do have a degree in psychology, but I am not a medical professional. So if there's anything in today's podcast which you want to get further help on, I'm happy to direct you the correct places to go, such as your local GP, mind, or anyone else you trust. But obviously, do not stop medication, do not pass go, do not collect £200, um, unless you speak to someone who's ad- adequately medically trained. Uh, why do I do podcasts? I do podcasts because... I think it's really important that we remove a lot of the stigma around mental health. I was also inspired by a few people who do podcasts themselves, who I think do it really, really well. And I wanted to just bring a bit of that to the channel. Uh, We also raise money for Mind during these podcasts. Mind is a UK-based charity that deals with all things to do with mental health. Um, A lot of the notes and stuff, resources and bits, do help me with these podcasts. And also, they've got a great support network for basically any mental health thing under the sun. And you are not alone. So if you want, do want to reach out to them, they are excellent, non-judgmental, and anything made during the podcast or as a result of anyone listening on demand later on gets donated to me. So yeah, I'm Shiny Cat. You should know this by now. This is this is I've been doing this for a while now. <laughs> um, I just yeah, let's just get into it. Since the lad pod last podcast, I have moved house. Incredibly stressful. Um incredibly stressful uh moved to somewhere a lot better for my mental health but yeah still a lot of issues with the old place but there we go there we go borderline personality disorder bpd as we know uh all of these things get diagnosed with something called the dsm the diagnostic service manual um and it's all about do you have enough of the things to say that you have the thing and bpd is no different but Symptoms of BPD can actually be grouped into four main areas, which cover emotional instability. Um, basically, it's the psychological term. Well, the psychological term for that is effective dysregulation, because you can't deal with your emotions properly. Uh, disturbed patterns in thinking or perception. So cognitive distortions or impulsive behaviors impulsive behaviors are a big thing for bpd um intense but unstable relationships so like the new person becomes your world and your everything but it's incredibly volatile probably because of your inability to you know regulate your emotions um and yeah so there's quite a few things there the impulsive behavior intense relationships emotional stability for me are the three main uh three main things um sadly uh, I've had lots of experience with people who've got BPD. Um, ended up in relationships with quite a few of them. It's a weird one. The in the the disturbed patterns of thinking or perception. They have they there's usually some sort of underlying issue like abandonment or trust or both if you're really unlucky and you get the brunt end of that all the time like they're really terrified of losing you but then their behavior pushes you away and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy impulsive behavior uh leads you to being sometimes cheated on uh i'm not saying that all people all people who suffer from bpd cheat on their partners but uh, unfortunately that has been my experience for the most part also it's it yeah it's 
the impulsive behavior can be quite a problem uh the intense thing the intense thing is great but then you know when you need your own time and then they take it really personally because they think you need a break from them but you don't you just need time on your own it's 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 really interesting one and i would be interested for any of you guys who are either bpd yourself or in a relationship with someone who's bpd if your experiences are similar to mine um but obviously it's such a wide spectrum when you look at mental health that a lot of people can have the same thing and experience it in a different way or you all experience it in the same way it's you know individual differences are a magical thing uh they're a pain in the ass sometimes but for the most part they're a magical thing <laughs> so symptoms of personality disorder can be quite mild to severe they usually come out when you're a teenager and then they persist into you know later life they can become more destructive in later life as well, especially if you don't get them caught. But the causes of BPD, there's a combination of, you know, nature, nurture, sort of environmental and genetic kind of things. But most people who suffer from BPD have some sort of pinpointed point of neglect as a child or um, trauma. So there will be a, a triggering large event that has happened at a point in the life when things have developed coping mechanisms or anything else and it's eventually evolved into bpd it is different for everyone but that sort of some kind of trauma or neglect as a child does seem to be the thread that runs through all of it be it um finding yourself in a dangerous situation when you were younger being abused losing a parent really early there are there are so many things but there is always this sort of pre 13 year old type trigger or maybe later but it tends to be around then where to, when to get medical advice as soon as possible if by the end of this podcast you are like these things sound like me please phone your doctor monday morning and make an appointment it might be absolutely nothing which is great but it means you've had that conversation and you're at least aware be, being aware is half the battle when you've got something like this um if you do if and when you do seek medical treatment they're gonna ask you a lot of stuff um so you know don't uh don't hide it, don't sugarcoat it, don't tell them what you think they want to hear. Something I'm really guilty of when I go to the doctor, especially if it's about mental health stuff. They're like, don't take the boxes that you understand the boxes, tell us how you really feel. It's a pain in the ass. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's really important that when you do speak to your GP, they will ask you about like how you feel, your recent behaviours, what sort of impact that's had on your quality of life. Um, and it's just to make sure that there's no immediate risk to you, which is really important. That's that's very important. There's no immediate risk to you. Um, but yeah, it's very much just a case of, you know, if you do think this is you, reach out. There's a there's an actually BPD uh, assessment that you can go through. Um, and if you answer five yes to five more of the the following questions, um. It, this could be you, you know, not in the fun lottery way of it could be you, but in the, oh, I'm going to have to get further treatment. It could be me. So. Do you have an intense fear of being left alone, which caused you to act in ways on reflection that seem out of the ordinary or extreme, such as constantly phoning someone, but not including self-harming or suicidal behavior? So are you, you know, if you've been left to your own devices for the day? Out, or you can't see your partner for a while are you that person who will send five text messages in a row and then leave it an hour and then 
check when they were last on WhatsApp and then check where they are on like find my friends or something and then maybe phone them because why can't they answer your questions right then or your messages right then you can see where they are and you have a rough idea what they're doing what must they be doing if they won't answer you right away that's not rational that's not rational um but it could be a sign the second question do you have a pattern of intense and unstable relationships with other people that switch between thinking you love the person they're wonderful to hating that person and feeling that you're terrible this is beyond the whole you know teenage thing of I fucking hate my parents to all oh, the best people up. It's it's beyond that. It's are you utterly in love with someone at the first thing in the morning and then by the end of the day you fucking can't stand them for whatever reason. You know? Or or just friends where you're like, oh I love them and by the end of the day you're like, oh, I would throw them under a bus. It's it's quite a lot to fluctuate like that about people. So have a think about that. Third question, do you ever feel you do not have a strong sense of your own self or you're unclear about your own self-image? Do you know who you are? Or are or are you kind of like half of a jigsaw puzzle? You know, are there still holes that you're trying to fill? And are you fulfilling those holes that you think need to fill um, in weird ways? Do you, do you overshop? Do you overspend? Do you drink too much? Do you smoke too much? You know what I mean? Are you doing things to try and fulfill your sense of self-worth that maybe aren't helping you figure out who you are but might be harmful to you. So, yeah. Uh, the fourth question is about engaging in impulsive bacterias, bacterias? activities, I can read, um, in two areas that are potentially damaging, such as unsafe sex or drug misuse or reckless spending. So obviously we talked in the first podcast about um, alcohol and drug dependency and how that was a lot more prevalent recently because of COVID and people's coping mechanisms not necessarily for the better um but the your impulsivity you do you get paid and then by the end of the week is it all gone have you left yourself enough money for bills or have you gone oh my god this thing is so shiny i must have it now um and are you having lots of sex with lots of people that's unprotected you know or are you getting to the weekend and or not even waiting to the weekend or are you getting to a point where you're using drugs a lot? You know, like, more than smoking weed. Are you are you taking coke so you can have longer drinking binges? Are you doing MDMA so you can cuddle people and then shag random strangers? Like, these are all things that should be red flags. They're not normal behaviours, really, you know? Um, obviously, people do take drugs and have different experiences with them. Obviously, as a lot of you will know, I've taken most drugs. But it's... For me, it was a case of, like, planned experimentation rather than, hey, let's just do the thing. Um, yeah. But unsafe sex and drug misuse and reckless spending are, like, the three big flags for impulsive behaviour. Uh, obviously, the middle question is all about have you made repeated suicide threats or attempts in your past and engaged in self-harming? See, the threats could be part of the emotional dysregulation where, like, you know, in very extreme situations, you get people who say, you've done this to me, I'm going to hurt myself now because of you. Um, that can come under BPD in a way because it can also be quite um, manipulative. Again, it's that overreaction in the light of day, you go, oh, Christ. You know, it's it's very interesting. Um, mood swings. 
do they do can you go to being depressed anxious or irritable to then being really happy does it last for a few days or for a few hours um long term do you have feelings of emptiness and loneliness again it's about not knowing who you are and trying to fill the void with things that you think would make you happy even if it's just short term even if it's short term chemical yay i feel good today but i'm gonna feel like shit because of the come down for the next week that's not a normal way to deal with stuff but unfortunately it's what that people do do you have sudden and intense feel of anger and aggression and obviously often find it difficult to control your anger this is also another one um a temper is not necessarily always to do with bpd that could just be emotional dysregulation from other things but with bpd it's the getting angry on a hairpin out of nowhere because you're not dysregulated because you're not regulating your emotions properly to then damaging relationships around you because you're over overreacting you know there's, there's so many things that all pile on um people don't necessarily understand as well with bpd so if you overreact to something obviously you might have said the worst possible thing you could say to someone they're going to be upset but if they don't come if you don't come with the warning that i have this thing give me a bit of time i might overreact to situations then you will get the worst possible outcome from people. So it's, again, it's one of those things of if it's having a negative impact on your relationships, because you do snap all of a sudden, and it is very disproportionate, then these are things that you might want to consider. Um, finally, when you find yourself in stressful situations, you have feelings of paranoia, or do you feel like you've disconnected from your own, from the world? You're th so like, say you're, say you're in like one of those fight or flight, really stressful situations. Are you in the moment paranoid as fuck about every single thing that's going to go wrong, or have the little? Have you been able to switch off and kind of leave your body and go on to autopilot? That's an interesting one. Um, because I know uh, one of my partners with BPD was amazing in a crisis, but it was like someone else took over, and then the minute it like you know the thing was dealt with, she'd fall apart. So it was it's it's really quite an interesting one that. But it's for me the biggest the biggest signs of BPD for me are around the impulsive behaviour, um, irrational, inconsistent emotions and things like that. That's not to say if you have those things you are BPD, but of all the things I've just gone through, if you can answer yes to quite a few of those, please go and have that conversation with your GP. Um, treating BPD is quite long term. Um, there's no just like take this thing and you're done and you're fine it is a longer time effective treatment may last over a year it may be a combination therapies it could be quite a lot of things um symptoms can return as well so you might do really really well with a support group find you can sort yourself out for about six months post support group but without that support again you fall back into the same habits and patterns and routines so there's both psychological and medical treatments. A lot of it will be group therapy um, as part of community teams. I know a lot of that kind of stuff happened over Zoom during COVID, but you get like workbooks and things that you have to do where you have to chart your emotions and your regulations and like what things you prioritise and what things you don't care about. And there's there's loads of stuff that you do. It's really, really interesting, but it's getting you to see a lot of it is being like, Oh, this is the way most people see the world. This is the way I see the world. Ah, right. How can I get back onto a more even keel? I think is a lot of it as well. 
Um, but yeah, over time, a lot of people can recover or at least get better. But the most effective of treatments for BPD last last like a year or more. So it's um be quite intensive. Like imagine you're doing weekly therapy for the better part of a year. You know, it's, it's up to 52 therapy sessions. It's not. It's something more like 40 to 45 because obviously like holidays and whatever. But it is very much a case of getting on a program and sticking with it. And they do do it. It's um a lot of it is umbrellaed under complex needs now for NHS. If you've got any familiarity with that, some of the stuff is really, really good. Some of it's bollocks. Um, that is just the case of any treatment. It's not one size fits all. You might hate the group therapy. You might need one to one. You might want to do it with medication. You might want to do it without medication. You know, there's no, you, if you go down this path, you will be cured. There's none of that. It has to be, it has to be a work in progress with BPD. You cannot snap your fingers and make it go away. Which, like a lot of things, in fact. Um, a lot of people with borderline personality disorder also have other mental health conditions or behavioural problems. So they might misuse alcohol, which is a um a symptom rather than a cause. And this is what really gets me when we come back to sort of alcohol misuse and things from the first podcast. A lot of mental health agencies will make you get clean and sober before they will treat you without realising that the, the drug and alcohol misuse is a symptom of what's wrong with you, not the cause of what's wrong with you. It might exacerbate it sometimes, but it's not the fucking reason. Sorry, soapbox moment. But I do I get very, very annoyed because when they ask you to stop, so that you can go on to therapy a lot of them do it without giving you a supportive plan on how to give up the thing so then you have to go back to your gp or you have to go to a third party that deals with alcohol and substance you know abuse and it's it's really hard because you're trying to jump through one hoop to make yourself better at the same time trying to jump through another hoop to make yourself well enough to do the therapy so yeah um and a lot of the group therapies will involve you making promises to the rest of the group like i will not smoke weed I will not drink alcohol, I will not. And they do it without a buddy system. So make sure you are prepared and have a support network in place that if you do decide to go down that route of therapy, that you've got something to fall back on for the really bad days. Um, Because everyone has really bad days. Um, A lot of people with BTD also have anxiety issues, bipolar disorder, depression, and a lot of them have eating disorders such as anorexia or bulimia. And again, that's about not knowing who you are, not being happy with your uh, self-identity, your self-image, not knowing quite where you fit in. It's all part of that umbrella. So it's 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 interesting. Um, the thing is, there are so many people with bipolar disorder and there are even more who have got it that have no idea they've got it. Um, and they're the ones that in your social group might overreact or have lots and lots of short, intense relationships that always seem to blow up and end badly. There are, you, you know, the, you will know someone, whether you know it or not, you will know someone who's got borderline personality disorder. You just will. Um, it's very, very commonplace. And what annoys me even more is that it's so commonplace, and yet there's still a lot of stigma attached to it, and there's still not enough support groups out there and the waiting lists for them are really, really high. And, you know, it's, again, it's with all things at the moment with adult mental health in England. It, some stuff just takes too long to action. Some stuff just takes too long to get in front of someone and you're like, oh, yeah, 
I should probably, like, you make the appointment to do the thing, and then you get told it's six to nine months. Like, the damage you could do to your life in six to nine months is insane. But you do get left a long time sometimes. So please make sure that, as well as if you ever go to your GP about anything to do with borderline personality, that you also tell your friends and family, if you feel able to. Because having that support network will stop you falling into a lot of the quite serious, uh, you know, behaviours. The, 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 the risk-taking is... The risk-taking and impulsive behaviours can get people into a lot of trouble. You know, suddenly, at four in the morning, whilst off your face on whatever you've taken because you're trying to fill a void, you decide to go to a place that you've told no one that you know about. Red flag parade. Like, make sure you stay safe. It's all about staying safe. And a lot of the BPD treatments will make you, you know, there's a lot of sort of stuff to do with actions and consequences, which a lot of people can't associate with, with bipolar disorder. Like, they'll do a thing, they won't have fully thought it through properly, so they won't then think about the fallout. So say they say you do have borderline personality, say you do have that impulsive moment, and you, I don't know, snog someone, go home with somebody else, and you aren't safe, then you've cheated on your primary relationship, you've exposed yourself to STDs, and you've put yourself in a really vulnerable position. But you don't realise that until the next day. And then the next day, when you sit there and realise what you've done, comes again this huge like crash of mood, and with the emotional dysregulation, it can be overwhelming, which would then possibly cause you to have a crutch to reach out to try and deal with something else. And then you just end up in this cycle where you do a shitty thing, you feel shitty about it, you do something to make yourself feel better, you're impulsive again, you do a shitty thing, you make yourself feel shitty, and you it's you go round and round and round. Um, yeah, if, if, if you feel like your life is stuck in a loop where you fuck up, feel bad, try and do something to feel better that involves dropping alcohol, fuck up, feel bad, rinse and repeat, you know, it might be time to have that chat. It might be. There's so much on borderline personality disorder. Um, but a lot of it says the same kind of thing. It's about how much it impacts on your day-to-day life. Don't get me wrong. If you are the person that goes out maybe once every six months, gets drunk and stalks someone at the bar, that's not the end of the world. But it's routines of impulsive. <laughs> Even though it's impulsive, it's kind of routine impulsive. Especially with the, the money one. That is literally like, oh, I've been paid. Ah, oh, goodbye, paycheck. And it's gone. And then at the end of the month, you can't pay your bills. Um, which could then involve impulsive and risk-taking behaviour to try and recoup the money that you need to get yourself out of the situation that you put yourself in because of something else. It's, it's all very cyclical. It's all very... Yeah, it's just... It's, there are cycles, massive cycles with... Um, borderline personality massive cycles but i think that's kind of covered the basics these mental health chats are getting quicker i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing um but it's at least it's out there at least we can have the conversation about it i do like it when um, i get messages from you guys on catch up being like oh i couldn't i couldn't be there because you keep doing it on a saturday day time which is really annoying for most people but when i listen to it back you know like I said, you will know someone, whether or not you realise it, or whether or not they even realise it, you will know someone that suffers with BPD. Or at least shows signs of it. Um, I've just dated a lot of them. It's interesting. You learn to get very calm very quickly. 
very calm. Because nine times out of ten, it's not about you when they overreact and do something. It's, you know, whatever is their traumatic event when they were younger, it will be to do with that. Um, so I can't speak to specific partners because I don't want to identify them. But a lot of them have their fear of losing people in common. Or a lot of them have fear of abandonment. You know, it's it's all kind of... And then it makes them react or act in certain ways because they're desperate not to lose people. But the emotional dysregulation means they do push you away. It is very interesting. Um, so whilst BPD is quite straightforward, it's also different for everybody. But a lot of things do remain the same. But there we go. Um, next month, we're doing complex PTSD. <gasps> um, which will be very interesting. PTSD is one of those things that gets banded about now by, by people who go, oh, I'm triggered, that's PTSD. Um, but we're going to look at it way more in depth than that and figure out why we might have complex PTSD, you know, what, what, what are the causes, what are the treatments, etc. What other things they might go hand in hand with, as we always do. And then the month after that, I believe we're looking at uh, coronavirus and mental health. Because why not? We've been in this pandemic state for ages. Um, we've now got another one potentially on the way. It's what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. But here we go. I hope that as short and sweet as this was, you've listened to it, you found it interesting, or if you've identified with it, you're not scared to get help. Do uh, you know? I'm happy to answer any questions anyone's ever got. I love hearing your stories as well. We are done. That was that was it. I mean, that was quite quick this week. Maybe I need to slow down when I talk. Mm, we shall see. Until next time, my lovely. Until next time.